0: hello and welcome back today we'll be looking at the doctrine of the church there will not be an outline for this lesson uh, but you can just follow along with us here but before we begin let us remember first john 1 9 as may or may not be necessary okay Pastor Merritt take it away well so far we have done a
1: pretty good job in my view don't want to brag but uh, we started off with the uh, tent which was you'll remember I bet you will remember some of you who are like me the Hebrew word is oh hell and and uh, it was a tent they carried around with them in the desert. You remember? And God would, from time to time, tell Moses to set it up, and so Moses would take his leave from the people and go into the temple. And the pe- tip te- excuse me, uh, I said temple, didn't I? Actually, it's a tent. We're going to talk about the temple later. And in fact, did so. We started with the tent. Oh, hell! In the went to the temple, and uh, you remember we spoke to the temple. We had pictures of the temple, and then we went to the synagogue last week, and uh, had a excellent lesson on the synagogue and and most people had no idea that the synagogue never appeared in the Holy Land it always appeared first time in their dispersion but uh, now we're ready to move to the next let's call it a building where uh, the word of God was taught And that was the church, and it is called the Ekklesia. So we'll be looking at the doctrine of the church, the Ekklesia. Alright, the Greek word for church, Ekklesia, originally meant the Congress at Athens. The word in the New Testament has four meanings. Gathering a gathering of citizens in a public place to deliberate an association of craftsmen, for example. Acts nineteen twenty five says whom he called together with the workmen of like occupation and said Sirs, ye know that by this craft we have our wealth and that was where they had the controversy over the statue of uh, Diana. Paul had told them to stop making that statue and they had a meeting of craftsmen and they argued among themselves and it was a time of controversy because they liked the money that came from Making the statuary of Diana, and then again in Acts nineteen twenty six, moreover, ye see and hear that not alone at Ephesus but almost throughout all Asia, this Paul hath persuaded and turned away much people, saying that they, be, they be no gods which are made with hands. And then in verse 32, the assembly was in confusion. Some were shouting one thing, some another. Most of the people did not even know why they were there. Not unusual for a mob or a crowd. All right, uh, all believers of the church age, let's see what we can learn. In Ephesians 1.22, and God placed all things under his feet and appointed them, excuse me, appointed him to be head over everything for the church. Again, a reference to a leader in the ecclesia or the church. And then in Ephesians 5 23, for the husband is the head of the wife as Christ is the head of the church, his body of which He is the Savior. So as it's gathering a people, actually is what ecclesia meant. And that came to mean the local church. The local church was under, originally and should be today, under the authority of a pastor-teacher. Notice 1 Thessalonians 1 verse Chapter 1, verse 1. Paul, Silas, and Timothy to the church of the Thessalonians in God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Grace and peace to you. And then Hebrews 13, 7. Remember your leaders who spoke the word of God to you. Consider the outcome of their way of life and imitate their faith. Obey your leaders. We're talking now about the leaders of the ecclesia, the leaders of the local church. 13.17, Book of Hebrews. Obey your leaders and submit to their authority. They keep watch over you as men who must give an account. Obey them so that their work will be a joy, not a burden, for that would be of no advantage to you. There were also several local churches mentioned in the book of the Revelation, as we saw when we studied that particular book. Chapters 2 and 3, you'll recall, list the seven churches of Asia Minor. The mission of Paul on his missionary journeys was to evangelize, teach, and to select and train pastors for the many local churches founded. Again, he founded many local churches in various cities. For our categorical study, this doctrine will only deal with the local church and the universal church. David, why don't you tell us about the universal church?
0: Okay. Okay. All born believers, I'm sorry, all born again believers of the church age are set apart as different from the world. In fact, the Greek word hagios is used to describe our condition. That's set apart from the common. The word hagios is translated sanctified or holy or even angel. Hebrews 12.10 Our fathers disciplined us for a little while as they thought best, but God disciplines us for our good, that we may share in his holiness. Hebrews 2.11 Both the one who makes men holy and those who are made holy are of the same family. So Jesus is not ashamed to call them brothers. Hebrews 3.1 Therefore, holy brothers who share in the heavenly calling, Fix your thoughts on Jesus, the Apostle and High Priest, whom we confess. The local church is made up of believers who have come together in a local assembly under the authority of their pastor-teacher to learn Bible doctrine. Each has a pastor-teacher with authority to teach and lead in order that the souls of each believer-priest will grow. Ephesians 4.11 it was he who gave some to the some to be apostles some to be prophets some to be evangelists and some to be pastors and teachers ephesians 4:12 to prepare god's people for works of service so that the body of christ may be built up the pastor teacher is to teach the word of god titus 2:1 you must teach what is in accord with sound doctrine. Titus 3.1 Remind the people to be subject to rulers and authorities, to be obedient, to be ready to do whatever is good. 2.15 These, then, are the things you should teach. Encourage and rebuke with all authority. Do not let anyone despise you. 2 Timothy 4.2 Preach the word. Be prepared in season and out of season. Correct, rebuke, and encourage with great patience and careful instruction. The universal church is also called the body of Christ. And after the rapture, we are called the bride of Christ. 1 Corinthians 12:13 through 18. For we were all baptized by one spirit into one body whether Jews or Greeks, slave or free, and we were all given the one spirit to drink. Now the body is not made up of one part, but of many. If the foot should say, because I am not a hand, I do not belong to the body. It would not for that reason cease to be part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I am not an eye, I do not belong to the body it would not, for that reason, cease to be part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? If the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell be? But in fact, God has arranged the parts of the body, every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. 2 Corinthians 11.2 I am jealous for you with a godly jealousy. I promise you to one husband, to Christ, so that I might present you as a pure virgin to him. Ephesians 5.25. Husbands, love your wives, just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. When I asked Leslie to marry me, and I went and talked to Pastor Merritt about that, and uh, he said, all you've got to do, David, is Ephesians 5.25, husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. If you'll do that, you're going to have a wonderful marriage. Well, much like yourselves listening, I can go ahead and make that judgment. We've failed miserably, but uh, we continue to try. Ephesians 5.26, to make her holy, cleansing her by the washing with water through the word. 527. And to present her to himself as a radiant church, without stain or wrinkle or any other blemish, but holy and blameless. Revelation 19.7. Let us rejoice and be glad, and give him glory, for the wedding of the Lamb has come, and his bride has made herself ready.
1: I would take exception
0: to something David said, which, uh...
1: It's most unusual, but he certainly has done an outstanding job of being a husband who fulfills much of that found in Scripture because none of us fulfill all of that which is found. All right, let's go on. The universal church is uniquely supplied with a mystery doctrine not available to other generations. Both the prophets of old wanted to know about this body of doctrine as well as the angels. Romans chapter 16, verse 25 and 26. Now to him who is able to establish you by my gospel and the proclamation of Jesus Christ according to the revelation of the mystery hidden for long ages past. And then verse 26, but now revealed and made known through the prophetic writings by the command of the eternal God, so that all nations might believe and obey him. Ephesians 3, 5, which was not made known to men in other generations, as it has now been revealed by the Spirit to God's holy apostles and prophets. And then we have 1 Peter 1, verse 12. It was revealed to them that they were not serving themselves but you when they spoke of the things that have now been told to you by those who have preached the gospel to you by means of the Holy Spirit sent from heaven. Even angels long to look into these things. Paul was made a minister for the mystery and was entrusted with the responsibility to teach church-age saints this body of unique doctrine. Colossians 1, and 26. I have become its servant by the commission God gave me to present to you the Word of God in its fullness, the mystery that has been kept hidden for ages and generations, but is now disclosed to the saints. There are several synonyms, excuse me, there are several synonyms for Christ and his universal church. Let's look at these. The last Adam and his new creation. 1 Corinthians 15, 45. So it is written, the first man Adam became a living being. The last Adam, a life-giving spirit. And then we have first 1 Corinthians 1546 the spiritual did not come first but the natural and after that the spiritual verse 47 48 and 49 continues as was the earthy excuse me earthly man so are those who are of the earth and as is the man from heaven, so also are those who are of heaven. Verse 49, And just as we have borne the likeness of the earthly man, so shall we bear the likeness of the man from heaven. We are therefore positionally a heavenly man, even as we live in time as an earthly man. We are a new species in the sense of regenerated man born again 2 Corinthians five seventeen. therefore if anyone is in Christ he is a new creation the old has gone the new has come and then Paul in the book of Galatians chapter 6 verse 15 neither circumcision nor uncircumcision means anything what counts is a new creation Christ is the head of the body and every member is of equal importance. Colossians 1.18 And he is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning and the firstborn from among the dead so that in everything he might have the supremacy. 1 Corinthians 12.21 The eye cannot say to the hand, I don't need you. And the head cannot say to the feet, I don't need you. And then verse 27 of that 1 Corinthians 12, Now you are the body of Christ, and each one of you is a part of it. Christ is the great shepherd, and his many delegated pastor teachers are shepherds who are to feed the sheep. Let's look at some of the commands from feeding the sheep. Start with 1 Peter 5, 1. To the elders among you, I appeal as a fellow elder, a witness of Christ's sufferings, and the one who will share in the glory to be revealed. Interesting, huh? Then verse 2. Be shepherds of God's flock that is under your care, serving as overseers. Not because you must, but because you are willing as God wants you to be. And then verse 3. Well, first of all, he warns, be not greedy for money, but eager to serve. Now verse 3, not larding it over those entrusted to you, but being examples to the flock. Verse 4 of 1 Peter. And when the chief shepherd that would be Christ appears, you will receive the crown of glory that will never fade away. Verse 28 of Hebrews 13, May the God of peace, who through the blood of the eternal covenant brought back from the dead, our Lord Jesus Christ, that great shepherd of the sheep. Now let's look at Christ as the th- the. Uh, Cornerstone. How about it, David?
0: Christ is the chief cornerstone, and we are the stones of the building. Ephesians two twenty. Built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, with Christ Jesus Himself as a chief cornerstone. First Peter chapter two verse four, five and eight. As you come to him, the living stone, Rejected by men, but chosen by God and precious to Him. You also, like living stones, are being built into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, offering spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ, and a stone that causes men to stumble and a rock that makes them fall. They stumble because they disobey the message, which is also what they were destined for. Christ is the high priest, and we are the royal priest. Hebrews 7.25 Therefore, he is able to save completely those who come to God through him, because he always lives to intercede for them. Hebrews 18.10-14 And by that will, we have been made holy through the sacrifice of of the body of Jesus Christ once for all. Day after day, every priest stands and performs his religious duties. Again and again, he offers the same sacrifices, which can never take away sins. But when the priest has offered for all time one sacrifice for sins, he sat down at the right hand of God. Since that time, he waits for his enemies to be made his footstool because by one sacrifice he has made perfect forever those who are being made holy. 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 5 You also, like living stones, are being built into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, offering spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. 2.9 But you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people belonging to God, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. And with that, a big slap of thunder. Got a thunderstorm going on here. Otherwise, beautiful, and it's cooled it off. We thank you for listening today. Pastor Merritt, you have some closing words for us? Alright, you all remember.
1: will remember we started with the tent and then we went to the temple, and then we went to the synagogue, and then we went to the church. And uh, after that, we're not real sure what we will do. We may go into some of the things that are done in the local church. So, if you have not believed on the Lord Jesus Christ... There's no better time than right now. Uh, And most churches, including the one that I taught at for 40 years, always closed closed with an invitation. And that invitation was, we want you to believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and be saved. If you've not done that, it is indeed a one-time experience. You don't need to do it over and over again. You don't need to walk an aisle. You don't need to. Confess your sins for salvation. That's for fellowship. But uh, we'll cover that no doubt. But, uh, regularly. You just simply believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you're saved. So with that said, uh, you've not done that. I'll tell you what, there's no one who does it better than David. David, you, you give the invitation if you would.
0: If anyone's out there with we'll the sound of our voice, without Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, right now, hey, all you have to do is accept. It's a free gift, it's one you get and you get it forever. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. That's simple. We thank you for listening. We look forward to talking with you next week. Uh, it's been great. Power's still on. Until then. So long.